the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. Absolutely gorgeous, fabulous Tuesday afternoon. Blue skies, sun shining. Life is good. Kath, good to see you as well. How are things? Oh, Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) You know, it's like when you ask someone a question and you don't want to hear the answer. In radio, you can just do that by not turning on the person's microphone. Forgive me. Mm-hmm. Let me go back. Hey, Kath. Gorgeous day. <laughs> How are things? How are you today, Great. Kath? Thank you, John. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice indeed. It's not my love language. My love language is to mute you, apparently. Yeah. All right. So Gary Chapman's book, The Love Languages, came out. What year? I mean, it's got to be 30 years ago. No, Do you think it I don't not? think it's that long ago. But it may... I'd say it's got to be 25, don't you think? Yeah, probably somewhere Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. The five language. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because he did a bunch of them, right? Well, there was the first one. Um, somewhere in that ballpark. It was, it was, there was a lot of conversation about the differences between men and women. Do you remember um, men are from Mars, women are from Venus? Yes. Do you remember that course, came? Oh, that was... I, th- I believe they were about the same time. Really? Really? Yeah. Really? All right. Well, okay. So I'm reading yesterday, um, you know, looking around uh, on the web, uh, Life Hacker. Ever... 1995. 95. Mm-hmm. So that's Whoa. like 23 years. Okay. So I'm l- looking yesterday, and uh, one of the places I visit to is a place called Lifehack. What's that? That's just sort of like a um, you know a general catch-all. They take they, they look at stuff and thing, things that are old and you know reinvent them for a, a younger audience, which is basically what's happened here. So. Uh, Here's the, uh, the first sentence of this article. Uh, the the article is called, How the Five Love Languages Can Help You Win at Relationships. This is a new article? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, written March 25th, 2019. Ever had an argument with your partner and wish they could just read your mind? If they only knew how you were feeling, they'd stop putting up a fight. That's sort of the idea behind the concept of love languages that let you in on what makes your partner tick. The term was coined by a longtime relationship counselor, Gary Chapman. His book, Five Love Languages, is admittedly full of cheesy truisms. And it sounds like a bad quiz you take in Cosmo. It's a pretty fluffy read overall, and some notions are kind of antiquated. Read Christianity. But there's the reason this whole love language thing has taken off. It inspires a lot of sense, and it works. In fact, you don't really need to read the book to understand how it works. It's fairly simple. By the end of this post, you'll understand most of what you need to know. So then the author, Christian Wong, goes into the five love languages in a nutshell, and she breaks down what Gary Chapman essentially is does. Now, why is she talking about a book that's 23 years old? Because it works. 
Isn't that interesting? So wait, so this person has just discovered this book. Yes, Christian Wong. That's a couple decades old mm-hmm. that has been in the Christian marketplace for a long a lot. time I mean, and has become... gotten a lot of publicity. I don't know how many tens of millions of copies that book sold. I don't mean, it went it's, on and on. It's become part of the Christianese right, of right. the language. But it's just being discovered by someone who's outside of contemporary Christianity and she's saying – It works. This stuff works. Right, The five love languages are pretty straightforward. Here's a brief description of what each of the mean words of affirmation is. One love language, expressing affection through outspoken uh, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, physical touch. Mm-hmm. Those are the five love languages. I remember when this book came out, I remember my husband saying that he was, as soon as he heard about the book and saw the summation, he knew exactly what my love language was. Which is? Cable. <laughs> it's not in there. I know. It's not, it's not in there. Mm-hmm. Your love language. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm just happy to see that it's mainstream now. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So what does that tell you? Well, it tells me that there is wisdom. Like a friend of mine said, he, a friend of mine was not is not a believer, but would listen to the show because we were buddies. And he'd said, you know, I, I really don't get the Jesus thing. But there sure is a lot of wisdom on that on that station. Hmm. And I think that's probably a secular perspective of what the Bible and Jesus is all about. That I don't really get it, but I know that there is something good and true and wise within all that. I think it tells me that Christians and those who have yet to know Jesus, when it comes to fads, are often living in different spaces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, do you think the five love languages is a fad? I think it was a fad, yeah. How so? I'm not saying it doesn't apply now, but I'm just saying it's one of those things that was very in for a long time. Yeah, because it was very in because it made sense. Right, right, sure. You kind of go, oh, sure. I get my wife yeah, but, now but, because but, she's yeah, this. But that's why Jordan Peterson is in now. Well, it's no, because you, he makes sense. You know what's really in in Christian circles is the Enneagram. Right, which True. I don't get. I, I just. Well, I, you've invested about zero amount of time trying well, to figure it no, out. No, I've I've read about. Well, you, at least five minutes. <laughs> I mean, do you get it? You just don't like it because everybody likes it. No, that's no, not I true. No, Here, I guess I guess I don't want to know my. You know, I'm number seven, right. like I'm asleep number bed. Right, I know. I'm number four right. or whatever. Right. And what does that mean? I, I know our friend Becky's is. I'm sorry, I love her. You're She's deeply invested. John, no. you're definitely not a number seven. No. What are you? What, I don't even know what I mean, a number, number seven, seven is. is the, it's the enthusiast. He's pretty enthusiastic. I think I am. Really? Have I you do done th- this, Mike? Have you done the Enneagram? No. No, okay. I've never done that. All right. Well, then I'm not sure. Mike thinks like I'm, like I'm Debbie Downer or something. <laughs> I, I just I think I'm very passionate. Is what I am. Yeah, That's all. Are. I'm not yeah. sure if we can put that in a number. Yeah. No. No, you can't. Okay, so going back to the love language, the love languages thing. So yeah. I think that we, you know, occupy different spaces as far as the things that we talk about. I think are often different than what the culture is talking about, and I also think that perhaps, and this is just an opinion, is just me thinking out loud. I wonder if we don't do a very good job speaking the same language as our culture. I don't think we need to. I I do. Why? Because I think that if we're called to go into the nations, we don't go into a country expecting to share who Jesus is without knowing what their language is. And we don't oftentimes, I think, know our own culture's language. 
I think the language can stand on its own. I mean, I don't think that you have to water down or adjust, water down. adjust the I, adjust the but, gospel but, to to the times. No, I don't think it has to be adjusted to the times at all. But I think our language can be off putting. That's presupposing that Gary Chapman's love language is biblically correct, right? And yeah, which I I don't. I mean, I don't remember. I don't, I, I don't know. If there's a, is there a lot of biblical truth in the? Maybe it's just you know. I think. Gary, I mean, he's. A, I mean, he's a psychologist. I think he was using yeah. his own actual, you know, experiences with patients. Yeah, and his whatever his vocation has been for a long time to right. kind of weigh into that. I'm sure it was informed by Christianity, but I think it's largely a psychological book. Yeah, so it's not necessarily biblically accurate right. or. I just it's just curious to me that something that was so profoundly known by so many people in Christian circles is just being rediscovered. I don't know. It just gives me okay, okay, here's something else that might give you some food for thought. Okay. Looking at the uh box office returns from last weekend as far as films in America. Oh yeah. Okay, so uh top 10 films. Okay, this is as far as a weekend gross. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh number 1 film uh last week Shazam. Right. Which I'm totally excited to see. I would like to see that, actually. Yeah. Uh, Pet Cemetery, which I will never see. That's the Stephen King Yep. Not book. seeing that. Okay. Uh, my own personal thing. Of course, I don't yeah, sure. mean you shouldn't. Uh, Dumbo. Uh, Is that... Um, That's it. Um, animated... Uh, what's his name? Tim Burton. Yes. See, uh, he, he freaks me out a little bit. Right. Us, which you saw. Yes, I did see that. Because I'm a, I'm a fan of that Jordan Peele. I think he's a really interesting guy, so I wanted to see that. I saw it myself. My wife was like, no way am I going to go check that out. It was very original. Uh, can I recommend it? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I-, I could see why it's as compelling and the box office numbers are through the roof. Okay, that's number four. Number five, Captain yes. Marvel, which, uh-huh. Mike, have you seen that yet? I haven't yet. Yeah, me neither. Why have we not seen that yet? What's the matter with this? Best of Enemies, which mm-hmm. ne- none of the three of us saw yet either, nope. right? Uh, five Feet Apart. I don't know anything about it. Number eight is the shocker. Yes. Number eight uh, for the week, unplanned. Weekend gross of $3.2 million. Last week, it was 6.6, I think. So it's been in the top 10. Last week, it was in the top five. Right. Now, this is a movie that has gotten absolutely zero help from any oh. mainstream media whatsoever. They've done their best to ignore it or uh, just put it down. Right, or, or actually downplay it. This is the story of um, a young woman who was the youngest director of a Planned Parenthood Her in America, Abby, Abby Johnson. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's going to be on the show sometime soon. On Monday. Um, and uh, it's a dramatic retelling of her story mm-hmm. coming to change her opinion on abortion and what that whole decision meant for her, meant for Planned Parenthood, right? and um, meant for the people around her in her life. So that movie, uh, in case you haven't been following the narrative about it, is rated R. Unplanned is. Yeah. Unplanned is rated R. Uh, why do you think it is? It's rated R, they said, for violence. Violence against whom? Well, that's an interesting question, John, how you phrased it like that. So it's rated R for violence because it actually shows an ultrasound version of an abortion. Oh, you mean that heinous, murderous violence. Well, that's the irony, right? Yeah. Is that it's rated R because that's a violent act. Um, A lot of people thinking about and being involved in the rating system would, what, still condone a woman's right to do it, what, in spite of the fact that it's that violent, it needs to receive an R rating. And to me, the ultimate irony is that you have to be 17 to get in to watch an R-rated movie. 
But in most states in America, you don't even have to be that old to get that violent procedure visited upon yourself without any parental knowledge. I see. So you can't see the movie, but you can have the act perpetrated upon yourself. Yourself and your offspring. It's fascinating. Unplanned. So yeah, we'll talk about this more. Abby Johnson will join us on Monday. You and I are going to see it this week. We are. I don't know what day. Do you know what day? I do not. Okay. What's today? Tuesday? We got some time. Okay, great. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break. Come back. Uh, Pastor Chris Marshall is with us. It's our monthly Ask the Pastor segment, which means open phones. Yeah. So do you have a question about the gospel? Do you have a question about maybe uh, the Old Testament, the God of the Old Testament? How about a relationship question or something to do with parenting? Pastor Chris? Yeah, what if you've never been inside a church? You're listening to the radio and you're thinking, What are these guys talking about? I always wondered why there's a crucifix at the front of a church. I always wondered why there's standing and kneeling. Why do you do that? Right. Why do some churches have crucifixes and others don't? Why is Jesus on some of the crucifixes mm-hmm. and then not on some of the other ones? And what's the deal with Mary Magdalene? And who are Mormons? 800-320-8255. What question has been rolling around inside your head bone and you want to ask? Now's the chance to do so, anonymously or otherwise. Pastor Chris Marshall at 800-320-8255. Ask the pastor next here on The Ride Home. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Would you like to understand what the book of Revelation reveals? Do we interpret the book of the Revelation literally or symbolically? Which do you think? Well, the answer is both. Don't think that symbolism somehow discounts the truth of the book. You find out what the symbol stands for and you literally believe it. Listen to Adrian Rogers' series, The Triumph of the Lamb, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Getting close to retirement, experienced a nice bump in your portfolio? Now, look, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure you have a retirement that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial Financial can handle that too. With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how, for 25 years, the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. So give them a call today, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. Or visit them online, marleyfg.com. She just made me feel so comfortable, and I've been going to her ever since. After avoiding the dentist for years, an emergency led Pamela to Dr. Megan Stock. She made me feel very much at ease. She didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth, and she was just very easy to talk to. She not only found a dentist, she found a friend. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. And now... A quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? 
Hold on. Let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours, too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. If you're living under the dark cloud of hidden secrets and judgment, then it's time for you to apply the teaching of Psalm 51 in your own life. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. How amazing would it be that rather than hide in the darkness of our past, we can have God himself as our hiding place, our place of safety, his unfailing love and forgiveness, just like David experienced. Christians with Secret Addictions, Sunday night at 6:45 on WORD Hey, welcome back. Pastor Chris Marshall with this New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. It's a segment we call Ask the Pastor. So anonymously or otherwise, if you choose, you can call 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. Ask Pastor Chris a, a question. Maybe, the, you know, at the end of service on Sunday, you're too um, too scared or uh, awkward to talk to your own pastor about any biblical question. Or maybe you've never been to a Sunday service. Yeah. You're wondering what goes on there. So a pastor is here live, standing by, as they say. Chris, always good to see you. Thanks for having me on, John. Pleasure. So uh, before you came on, Chris, we were talking about um, cultural conversation, Mm -hmm. right? We were talking about Gary Chapman, his book, The Love Languages, has been out for 23 years or something. And just recently, what, three days ago, was written up as being some unbelievable new find in how how we talk about languages and love and relationships and everything. And we were trying to kind of suss out why there was such a lag between something that was such a book of impact in the kind of Christ, American Christian world, or at least the Western Christian world, and had almost zero impact on the larger culture. Mm-hmm. Well, I I don't know for sure why it takes so long. I mean, we're just uh, guessing. Yeah, but, but one of the things you two were talking about was, I think it was almost a little debate there, Kathy, mm-hmm. you said that we need to be culturally relevant, and John said we don't. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to I don't want to be arguing, but I just, wanna, I just want to say that, that Paul the Apostle, when he uh, wrote his letter to the Corinthian church, first one, um, he said in chapter 9 that when he was with the Jew, he was as a Jew. When he was with the Greek, he was as a Greek. And he said to the weak, he was weak. I became all things to all people that I might by all means save some. some. You know, and I do that for the sake of the gospel. That's how that finishes out. So I believe that we do need to be culturally relevant to the point that we, what we say, people understand what we're saying. You know, I mean, I, I back in, I always say the seven things I learned at Princeton. Um, I was there for three years and I, I unfortunately didn't Only learn learned seven things. I, I didn't learn a lot of stuff to stay <laughs> with me. But one of them was this if you're going to offend people, offend them with the gospel. Mm. Um, and uh, I heard a pastor say his name's Mike Slaughter, Methodist pastor actually, who had a, I, I don't know if he's still in in uh, Dayton, Ohio, or not. But he said this: um, we don't we don't water down the gospel, but what we do is we say it in a way that people will know we're offending them with it. Um, mm-hmm. So because the gospel is an offense, yes, it is. You know, and, and so I, I I believe that we do need to be able to speak the language of our culture. Um, to the point that they understand that we're speaking into it with the, with the truth. And New Life, we have this, we always talk about Paul's thing in Ephesians where he said, truth and love. When we're mature, we'll speak the truth in love. So if we speak the truth without love, that's being a Pharisee, 
if we speak love without truth, it's 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 nothing. Ridiculous. It's a really it's just it, it's it's ooey gooey, you know. It doesn't Hallmark. doesn't help us. It doesn't help us much. So anyway, I, I simply wanted to say, um, I believe that Paul was as culturally relevant as he could be in Athens. You, you know, you brought that up. Right. He saw the statue to an unknown god, and he said that which you think is unknown, I proclaim to you as known. Um, and at the end of that, if if you look the whole way to the end of that encounter, it looks like only three or four people trusted Jesus at the end of that, you know, a few people. Um, and the rest of them said, we want to talk some more, which is what a lot of people want to do. You know, <laughs> let's just keep talking and talking. And we'll maybe eventually come around to realizing there is truth. But most people would rather just talk about it than come down to a commitment and and, and move forward. And, and, and I mean, because once you commit your life to Jesus Christ, then that changes everything, Yeah, yeah. you know. It is. It's true. Okay. Uh, 800-320-8255. Pastor Chris Marshall, New Life uh, Christian Ministries in Saxonburg. Let's go to the phones. Robin is with us. Hey, Robin, thanks for uh, joining the conversation here at Word FM. What's your question, please? Um, my question is, what is the right Bible to read from? Um, I just have difficulty because, you know, my grandma says I shouldn't read from nothing less than the King James, that that is the true Bible, and accordingly, um, you know, some people came to the door and said, you know, I'll take your Bible and give you the Book of Mormon, which, mm-hmm. you, you know, i confused by, but what do we read from? How, how do we, how do you know what what is the right Bible to read from? Good question. That's a really good question, Robin, and, and I'm going to tell you something that there are Christians who will disagree with me, but I don't think the King James Version is the best version of the Bible to read if you live in 2019, because it was written in the 1600s. It, it's, it, it sounds like you're reading Shakespeare because it's contemporaneous to Shakespeare. Right. Um, and, and so I believe it's now up to 50% of the language in the King James Bible is archaic, meaning not in current usage. In, in English today. So if you read it, you almost have to have a translation of the, of the, of the translation. And, and notice I just said translation. So if you want to read the Bible um, in its original form, the right form, if you will, it was Greek for the New Testament, and it was Hebrew and Aramaic for the Old Testament. So if you really wanted to study the, the Word of God as it was presented, then you would have to take Hebrew and Aramaic and Eng- or Greek, I'm sorry. But the, the reason why translations started happening, and, it, and they really didn't start happening other than the Latin, which was used for a long time from 200s on, um, is, is because the Protestant Reformation said, it's the Word of God. We need to understand it. We need to read it for our ourselves. And before that time, for hundreds of years, only the priests were able to read um, the, the word and, and interpret it. And you weren't even supposed to read it for yourself. But if you're going to read the Bible, Robin, my answer is the best translation is one that's in a, a style of English that you can understand. That's a, that's a faithful translation. There are a lot of faithful translations out there. Um, the one that we use in our church is called the New Living Translation. Um, and if you go into translations, there's what's called dynamic equivalent translations, and then there are word-for-word translations. King James is a more of a word-for-word translation. Uh, ESV is more of that uh, as well. But uh, the dynamic equivalent, what they're trying to do is to take what was written in the original Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic, and they're seeking to make it understandable, the intent 
the 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 intent of the author who wrote it. So I would encourage you, if you want to read the Bible and be able to understand it, the New Living Translation is a good translation. The ESV is going to sound more like Scripture, but it's still understandable. That's what uh, I read. Yeah. What do you read? What do you read, Kath? I like the NIV yeah. only because I feel like it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm. The NIV came yeah. out in the 70s, I Probably. think it was. I I'm think pretty so. sure it was the 70s. I actually read the NIV uh, pro- personally in my own daily Bible reading. I read the NIV from the, uh, I think it was the late 70s up until uh, w- we started New Life and we started using the NLT. So I tended to use the NLT and, and now I've switched over. I use the ESV more often than I use anything else. Uh, it was recommended to me by our worship pastor. And I, I, I like it. It, it seems it. more like scripture. Mm-hmm. So, so, but, but Robin, the real point is when you read a translation that you can't understand, it's defeating the point of translation, which mm-hmm. is to make the original um, words of the Old Testament or the New Testament um, understandable in the language we speak. I, I actually speak Spanish somewhat, so I read the Bible in Spanish sometimes, you know. And there are actually like the King James version of Spanish, and there's more modern translations. Actually, there's an NIV Spanish, and the and the, the Reina something is sort of like the King James version of Spanish. So different languages. I didn't realize that until I started reading some Spanish. That there are the same thing that we have in English, the dozens and dozens of translations. You have that in other languages as well. So. I know that some people think the King James Version is it. I would stay away from the Book of Mormon, <laughs> just as, a, as a, you know, you said the, they, they came, because that's not actually the Bible. No. It's the Bible plus. Uh, there's something added to it. Robin, you good? Yeah, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Robin. I guess the important thing is, no matter what uh, version you're reading, read the Bible. That's right. I always right. say, what, what's the best translation? The one you will read. Yes. Mm-hmm. 800-320-8255. Pastor Chris Marshall from New Life Christian Ministries is with us. We need to take a, a quick break and step away, so stay with us. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at indeed.com slash hire. It's where the Sahara meets the Nile and the Mediterranean Sea. Only here exist the perfect conditions for growing the finest cotton in the world. I'm John Hall. Nowhere else can you find cotton so luxuriously soft and light, yet super strong and able to hold deep, vibrant colors, wash after wash. 
It's this very cotton Mike Lindell has used to create my pillows, Giza Dreams bed sheets. Try them once, and you'll never want to sleep on anything else again. And right now, get a special 30% off my pillow dream sheets with free shipping. Use promo code WORD when you call 800 391 0954 or place your order at mypillow.com. 60 day money back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Call 800 391 0954 or visit mypillow.com and be sure to use promo code WORD for 30% off plus free shipping. Sweet dreams from my pillow. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. Chilly or air settles in tonight. It'll be partly cloudy with a low of 38. Then tomorrow, it'll be a cooler day despite a good deal of sunshine. High 58. Then tomorrow night, we'll have variable clouds at a low of 42. Thursday, you'll see a mix of clouds and sun, and it'll warm up. 72 for the afternoon high. Friday, look for mainly cloudy skies with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. High Friday, 68. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, welcome back. Pastor Chris Marshall is with us. New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. Your, uh, your questions are uh, necessary. And necessary. Welcome. Yeah, 800 320 Phone lines are open until the top of the hour. Yes. Um, Gosh, I got so many questions that I have burgeoning, um, Chris. Okay, here's one that I have been thinking about for a while it, because it takes me back to a conversation I had with a friend a couple years ago where he said, look, it's not that I don't believe the Bible, but when I read Paul, I don't like him. Hmm. Why? He said, well, he just seems like he's arrogant sometimes. He seems like he's dictatorial sometimes. And now this is the this is the uh, the commentary of this person I was talking to, and he hates women. Okay, uh, I would say a couple of things to that, Kathy. The first thing I would say is when Paul was converted, he was a Pharisee. I mean, Pharisees aren't the most likable characters <laughs> in the New Testament, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. The only people that Jesus really has a hard time with are the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law. So, so basically, Paul was part of the group that got Jesus crucified. And he was trying to get the church stomped out. That was his goal in life, was to eliminate the church before he was converted. So what we, what we sometimes, I think, assume is that, okay, so Paul got converted and then he got perfected. But he didn't. You know, I mean, Paul was converted, and just like we get converted, the day you were converted, I was converted. We didn't suddenly. I, I mean, I actually thought the day I got baptized, I was brought up in a little country church, you know, and I thought the day I got baptized, I wouldn't be able to sin anymore. I literally did. I thought I was right? like, I didn't think I was going to swear anymore. I didn't think I was going to hit my brother anymore. Forever and ever. You know, like I thought like, okay, I'm saved. And I mean, I was taught all my life. The theology in our church was believe, repent, be baptized. It's Acts chapter two, yeah. you know, believe, repent, be baptized and for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll be saved. And, and so I, I, I added, 
and then I won't sin anymore. But the point I'm making is Paul was not perfected. He was justified mm. as if he never sinned before, right? And he was in the process and, and he of being a, sanctified. He, he was in the process of being sanctified. And yes, he wrote most of the New Testament. But if you read the, the books that Paul wrote in the order he wrote them, you'll see development, mm. both in the sense of a softening, you know, I think. Um, look at Philippians compared to Galatians. Yes, right. Yeah. In Galatians, I mean, he's tough. That very tough. I mean, he talks about yeah. confronting Peter to his yeah, face. Right. He talks about how you know the Judaizers. Let's go ahead and emasculate themselves. I mean, he's right. not. He's not a uh, soft kind of a guy. But in Philippians, he talks about Yodi and Syntyche, which, by the mm. way, how could he be one who hates women? And when they were his fellow workers, you know, in the gospel. Um, and, and actually, I think one of the things about Paul hating women is there are a couple passages. We've talked about this in the past when I've been here that um, people have. I don't know purposely, not purposely, but it's mistranslated in 1 Corinthians 14, definitely. But anyway, the point is Paul developed over time just as all of us do. And I think he de- I, I do think he became more like Jesus probably than just about anybody alive. Yeah. And if you met Paul the day he got converted and you met him the day before he was executed, I think you see two very different Pauls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, I, and that's what I would say to your friend, mm-hmm. you know. Um, what I would say is, if you met me the day I got converted, <laughs> and you met me now, forty some years later, I'm a very different person. What? I mean, that hopefully that's the case with all of us, right? If that's I mean, not the case with us, then we're, something's we wrong. Well, you know, here's the thing. I said this in a message a couple of weeks ago. I, I talked about, remember when Jesus um, has the woman, the Pharisees bring a woman caught in adultery, right? And Jesus basically doesn't do anything for a while, and then he stands up and says, okay, go ahead and kill her, but let the one with no sin cast the first stone. Right. And it says they walked away from the oldest to the youngest. And I asked this question of the church family. I never noticed that. I, I said, it says that. They it, walked says away. that. it says they walked away really? from the oldest to the youngest. And I said, why did the oldest walk away first? And I said, I have some, I have some experience with being old. The reason the oldest one walked away first is because he knew he was a sinner. When you're young, you're zealous. You know, you think, man, I am going, you know, I'm right. My position is the right position. And then the thing for me, the thing for me is that as we get older, if we're, if we're truly maturing, we understand. I, I don't know as much now as I did when I was 17, to be frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew everything yeah. when I was 17. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. And, and, but, but here's the thing. There are 61-year-olds who are not 61 years old. They've been two years old 59 times. Mm-hmm. Or six-year-olds, you know, 40-whatever times. And so it isn't a guarantee that as we physically age, we will mature. But if the Holy Spirit is in us because we've been converted to the faith, then over time we ought to, the people ought to be able to experience a difference. And mm-hmm. Paul, I believe you do experience it if you put his letters, you know, in the order they were written. You see his his maturing. And, and and some people don't want to say, well, wait a minute, he wrote the scripture, so how can you say when he wrote Galatians he wasn't as he wasn't as mature. As when he wrote Philippians, he just. It doesn't wasn't. mean that the scripture yeah. isn't the scripture. It's, it's still the scripture. Right. It's still true. I mean, if I if I screamed and yelled the truth when I was twelve, it doesn't mean it wasn't the truth. Right. But I I don't scream and yell the truth anymore. Mm. You know because 
And isn't that the fascinating thing about the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit allowed it to be spoken by screwed up people? That's all he had. (laughs) Right. I mean, but but that's an interesting difference, though, in Islam, right, where Mm -hmm. it was where where the Quran was communicated. It was like dictated Mm -hmm. type of thing. But that's Mm -hmm. not the way that scriptures are. And you see it in all. I mean, same way with the Book of Mormon dictated. You know, I mean, other scriptures are dictated. But it's not. It doesn't say that anywhere that God dictated. Paul didn't say, as God, as Jesus dictated this to me. Right. You inspired. Know? It, it's inspired. Yeah, it breathed. It's God breathed. Mm-hmm. But it's not It's not dictated word for word. And for anyone interested in finding out more about Paul, by the way, I, last year one of my favorite books was the uh, oh, biography yeah. by N.T. Wright. Mm-hmm. Fabulous book. Mm-hmm. Take a quick break. Come back. Pastor Chris Marshall's with us. We're taking phone calls. You out there? 800 800- Three two zero eight two five five. You got a question about scripture, family, the Bible, life? Call us. One hundred one point five W O R D. What are your kids doing this summer? Well, Focus on the Family is offering them a free downloadable PDF of Wooten's wacky word games and activities for hours of fun. You could also win the Adventures in Odyssey Summer Family Getaway in Colorado Springs. This is so Enter today for the Adventures in Odyssey VIP Experience Getaway. Go to wordfm.com slash adventure. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Emerin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. Nielsen US XAOC 52 weeks dollar sales. Hot flashes, night sweats, low energy. I had all those menopause symptoms. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton. As an athlete and winner of gold back in 1984, I've always cared about what I put in my body. That's why for menopause relief, I choose Amberin. Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Amberin is 100% drug-free and estrogen-free. Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement in dollar sales. I like the fact that Amberin is clinically tested, safe, and effective. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amber in today. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I was finishing undergrad and got credit cards because I couldn't work full-time. So that started the credit card journey for me. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. And then when I got married, we combined our credit card debt, and it became impossible to pay off on our own. At that point, I was like, I don't know where to turn. And then I found Trinity. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. I mean, in a matter of three years, we've already paid down $20,000 in credit card debt, which is huge. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. This Easter, Breakthrough, starring Chrissy Metz. Boys, get up! 
She's been underwater for 15 minutes. The odds were against her son. He's had no pulse for over an hour. Until his mother's prayer. Please, Sandra, please be here to save my son. Proved the impossible. We've got a pulse! On April 17th. I don't believe John will survive the night. Discover the incredible true story. You don't know my son. Of an extraordinary miracle. He is a fighter. Breakthrough. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. For tickets, go to BreakthroughMovie.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Hey, welcome back. Chris Marshall's with us. New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. We're up against the clock, but the, the phone lines are really full right now. Uh, let's go and speak with Jim. Hey, Jim, are you with us live on the air? What's your question, please, for Chris? Uh, yes, great, Chris. Um, if you can help me, especially when I deal with nuns and dealing with six-day creationism, um, it, it just is a struggle for me to be able to get people to listen to what I have to say. Uh, when, when they call for that question, challenge me against uh, six-day creationism. So I'll hang up and listen to you. No, wait, what's your, wait, wait, what's your question? In regards to Genesis, the, the creation of six days, especially speaking with young nuns, uh, that seems to be a point that... You mean young N... Wait, you mean... Excuse me. You mean young N-O-N-E-S? Yes, exactly right. Yes, not the N-U-N's. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. All right, thanks. Okay, so... Talking to young people who are biblically illiterate right. mm-hmm. and want to have a discussion about the creation. Mm-hmm. Some people, well, we talk about this a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Young earth, old earth. Right, right. Well, I might not make John happy with my answer um, because I, I believe the Bible is absolutely true. But I believe that the Bible is not a science book. Science wasn't invented till the Middle Ages. Um, so the Bible was written to explain creation. You know, that that God created, that's the the key. God created everything. There was nothing, and then there was something, right. and God created it all. In fact, one of the things that a scientific statement is, nothing comes from nothing. Nothing comes from nothing. Mm-hmm. So if nothing comes from nothing, then why is there something instead of nothing? Right. Um, which is why there's an intelligent designer, a creator. God created it. The number of days is six, and the Bible makes that clear. The period of time, that's the question. And there are people and many people in the Christian world and community who believe that those are 24-hour days like we calculate time. Right. Sunrise, sunset. Um, yeah. I, I know that the Hebrew word for day there can mean a 24-hour day. It can actually mean just the day, like a 12-hour day. It can mean any indefinite period of time. I happen to fall in the third group of people. I believe the earth was created in six days. I don't know how long the days were. And, and, and frankly, it's one of those things, you know, when I was in seminary, the, the one theology professor said, for what are you willing to go to the mat? Mm, what yeah. will you die for? Good Is question. this it? Good I will, question. I will die for the blood of Jesus yes. being the only way to yes. save me from my sins. I will die for a, a lot of things. For but, Jesus but, being the meaning you know, of everything in the yeah, universe. I mean, for their one God and three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yes. I'll die for those things. 
I I can't die on the hill of is it a 24-hour day because the Hebrew word – actually, all the Hebrew words – and again, all the Hebrew words in the Old Testament. Hebrew is a very imprecise language. Biblical Hebrew is a very imprecise language. You know, Greek has four words for love. But Hebrew has one word that means seven things, mm-hmm. you know, and like the word day. When, when the Bible says for, for God, a, a thousand years are as a day, a day is as a thousand years. Right there is an opening for us to say, I always say, let the Bible interpret the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not the first person that said that, but that's how I live my life. When I read a passage of Scripture, one verse, ten verses, a chapter, I look at it in the light of the whole of Scripture. And so when I hear... The psalmist say, for God, a day is as a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. Then what is it? Well, what he's saying is time doesn't matter to an infinite being. And so God could take one of our days and he could parse it, if you will, as if it was a thousand years to us. Or he could take a thousand years for us, you know, and it's as, as if a day. So I don't know what time period the six days were, but I, I, I absolutely believe God is the creator, that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father were all there because it even shows us that. We. Uh, yeah, we. And, you know, Our. the word became flesh, John 1. Um, the, I mean, the beginning was the word. But anyway, so the point is, and I believe the order of creation is the order of creation. Like God created, you know, the universe first, and I believe plants were created before animals. Interesting thing, so do evolutionists. I, I mean, if you look at the order of creation, there's nothing that an evolutionist would disagree with right. in the order of creation. It's all in sync. But, but what, what I disagree with with the, with the evolutionists is that – you had nothing and nothing, and you added random chance, and you got us. I, I mean, and amazing I, I mean, cool there, animals. There are so many scientific laws that have to be broken for that to happen. And so, what I believe is true is that God created from nothing everything that we see, and He ordered and, and established everything, and those laws. He still has the ability to reach in and supernaturally overcome, but there's a natural order of things. I'm I'm white-haired now. I wasn't white-haired 40 years ago. 40 years ago, I had dark hair, you know. I age. Everything ages. Everything gets less energy, less order, and then it dies um, unless God intervenes. Um, and nothing would be here for us to talk about. We couldn't have this debate if it wasn't for the reality that God took nothing and somehow created it into everything. Okay. So, but then for our caller, mm-hmm. he's saying, I'm speaking to an unchurched, mm-hmm. biblically illiterate crowd. Mm-hmm. I would say, why, why talk to them about that? Well, the, the I'm point, sure that that's the, where they want to go. You know, but the point that, the point that I think he's making is that maybe they say, well, look, your Bible says that it took six 24-hour days, and I believe the earth is 13 billion years old or 29 billion years old or however old, yeah. you know, the universe. Um, and, and when we have that discussion and that argument, we're going to lose every single time because we can't prove – actually, if we want to be honest, they'll lose every single time too. They can't prove any of – anything that happened before creation, nobody can prove. It's it's all a matter of faith. And so science is not about faith, and faith isn't science. Faith, faith I don't believe faith contradicts good science. Good science doesn't really con- contradict my faith either. Um, it's when we start to make faith into a religion or when we become so adamant about, you know, 
this this word day means the same thing now that it it meant the same thing at creation that it means now. I don't believe it does. I don't believe it does. That's a good answer. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Pastor Chris Marshall's with us from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg. Your questions, uh, phone lines are lit up. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our red Spring House vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit, to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction, like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, go negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then... A premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Ask the pastor. Conversation in studio. Pastor Chris Marshall, New Life Christian Ministries, is with us. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Colleen, you're live with us here today on Word FM. What's your question, please? Yeah, Pastor, I was just wondering, why do some people um, celebrate or walk through Holy Week and um, others don't? And what's the most special thing we could do to Hmm. celebrate Jesus this week? Wow, okay. So the the short answer, Colleen, to your question is the whole uh, construction of the church year, you know, Christmas and Lent and Easter, all of those things— the church developed, and when I say the church, the, the, what we would call the Roman Catholic Church, developed that as a way of ordering our lives as we walk through the year. We take the scripture and we see the life of Jesus and we walk through it. And so in summer is called ordinary time. There's all of that. We have Pentecost and all of those incidents in Jesus' life are commemorated. And some churches don't have a, a rigidly structured celebration of those things, whereas others do. 
And, and so it's it's nothing. There's nothing wrong with celebrating Holy Week and celebrating ordinary, ordinary time. All of those things, but we need to understand it's something that that we have added as a means of discipline, as a means of growing, as a means of remembering what Jesus told us to remember, because He did tell us to remember His death. I mean, in fact, He didn't tell us to remember His birth. He only told us to remember his death. We celebrate his birth. I like celebrating his birth, but but he didn't tell us to. He told us to remember that when he broke the bread, you know, do this in remembrance of me. Um, and when he had the cup. So anyway, but I love your question, your question of what can we do this week uh, best to commemorate Jesus. Uh-huh. To, to me, the best thing we can ever do is to reflect him in our lives, in our relationships with other people, whether it's at school, work, play, wherever we are. Um, we, we focus a lot at the church I serve on speaking the truth in love. So when somebody asks a question, I, I take that seriously. Like right now, I'm taking it very seriously, your question. And so in truth and love, I'll do the best I can to answer that. Sometimes just an action is the best act of love we can do, and we don't have to say anything. If you see somebody who's crying, you know, Ask them why. See if there's something you can do to help. Sometimes it's just a, a smile or a, a handshake is, is the best thing that we can do. So I wouldn't say it's one thing, but it's in every interaction that we have with other people, whether they know Jesus or whether they don't, it's to reflect the reality of Jesus in us um, to other people. Let the Holy Spirit work in, in our lives so that other people will know the, his reality. Because for a lot of people, you know, so I heard a long, long time ago, probably when I was a little kid, you know, you're the only Bible some people will ever read. You're the only Jesus some people will ever see. And I believe that's true yes. because a lot of people aren't reading their Bibles and a lot of people don't necessarily believe in Jesus. But you can't you can't refute the genuine truth and love of Jesus lived out in our lives. So I think that's the best thing you could do this week. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. Uh Uh-huh. You're welcome. Thanks, Colleen. 800-320-8255. Can we want to squeeze in one more? Sure. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Let's go back to the phones and speak with Mark. Hey, Mark, uh, you're up next here on Word FM. What's your question, please, for Pastor Chris? Hi, John and Kathy. Thank you for your commitment to Jesus Christ. First of all, I listen to you all the time. Uh, Pastor Chris, I am a minister, and it's kind of a minister's question. The Mm -hmm. last answer kind of leads into it. It has to do with being labeled judgmental as mm. a Christian. Mm-hmm. I did a premarital counseling session with a couple a few weeks ago on the uh, request of the, the girl's mother. They are not members of the church, and in the first meeting found out that they don't really know what they believe. They don't even know if they believe in God, could not profess a belief in Jesus Christ. So I met with him a second time and said, I really don't think I'm the right person to do your wedding. Mm -hmm. Explained to them why. was very loving and compassionate. And then a few days later, I saw the mother, and she told me that the young couple felt that I was very judgmental. Mm -hmm. So how do you respond to that when you're doing things loving? And you were just talking about being a a reflection of Christ, and Mm -hmm. it might be the only thing you see. These folks haven't gone to church. They're in their late 20s, haven't gone to church since they were kids. And I'm trying to figure out how to respond and what I should write to them. Thanks. Yeah. Great well, question. that's a really great question, Mark. And, and I, I do know this. I've had that same accusation made of me. Um, and I think everybody who seeks to walk faithfully in the ways of Jesus will, because our culture doesn't believe a lot of the things that we believe are true are. And, and when, we, when we speak the truth in love, that can still seem like judgmentalism or being judgmental from a person who, who frankly, is not walking in the truth. You know, whenever I hear somebody say we can't judge, 
because um, Jesus said, "Don't you know, judge not that you be not judged." He also said, "Then because of the measure with the judgment you use, it'll be measured back to you." What I think that means is. Um, that when we speak to people, when we interact with people, we have to speak the truth. Because if we don't, someday we're gonna we're gonna ultimately be judged by one person, Jesus. And I, every time, like that young couple you're looking at, they might call you judgmental. But if you're and I I heard in your just in the tone of your voice, you had a heart of love. I believe you did. Okay, so do that, and and I, I think you'll you'll be okay. It's never gonna feel good when somebody calls you judgmental. And thanks an awful lot for everybody who's part of this. Pastor Chris Marshall, New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, PA. Pastor Chris, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump says he's not looking to reinstate the practice of separating migrant families at the border with Mexico. He says he was the one who discontinued the Obama-era family separation policy at the U.S.-Mexico border. President Obama had child separation. Take a look. The press knows it. You know it. We all know it. I didn't have... I'm the one that stopped it. The president says even though he would not support the practice, he believes it acted as a deterrent from people making a run at the border. Both Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and the leaders of the rival Blue and White Party, former military chief Benny Gantz and centrist politician Yair Lapid, have declared victory in Israel's election as murky exit poll predictions rolled in. On Wall Street, the Dow by 190 points. The Nasdaq dropped 45. The S&P lower by 18. This is SRN News. Nothing changes the appearance of a house like a new front entry door. Energy swings Steve Rennekamp on the best way to raise your curb appeal. What our consultants have the ability to do is actually take a picture of your house and superimpose new entry doors on that. So they can change the color, they can change the style, they can change the glass options. They can do a lot with their computer simulation program so you can actually see how that door is going to look in your house. If you're picking an entry door at a big box store, you don't really know what's going to look like on your house till you get there. With the way we do it, you can actually see that door on your house and make any changes you want to before you decide to buy. It's a good time to do this because you beat the price increases that are coming next year. The other nice thing is with all of our doors, we supply a free ring doorbell. Right now, take an extra $250 off any new entry door over and above any current offers, plus a free ring doorbell with your purchase for word listeners only. Learn more at EnergySwingWindows.com. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Spring is prime home buying season, so if you're thinking about buying a home, right now is the time to lock a low rate, which can save you money every month on your new mortgage. With our exclusive Rate Shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With the Rate Shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to take advantage. 
Here's another great reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive rate shield approval, call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Ads for beds stuffed into boxes are everywhere thanks to online mattress companies. But when you order a mattress from the original mattress factory, it won't come shrink-wrapped and squeezed into a tiny box. It won't be dropped off on your porch by your mailman either. That's because our mattresses are hand-built right here in your hometown using American-made steel inner springs, cotton padding, and shock-absorbing box springs. You can't fit that kind of quality into a box. Purchase online at OriginalMattress.com or stop by one of our stores to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to WordFM.com. Slash shopping, and I'll see you at the club. Thank you. Chilly or air settles in tonight. It'll be partly cloudy with a low of 38. Then tomorrow, it'll be a cooler day despite a good deal of sunshine. High 58. Then tomorrow night, we'll have variable clouds at a low of 42. Thursday, you'll see a mix of clouds and sun, and it'll warm up. 72 for the afternoon high. Friday, look for mainly cloudy skies with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. By Friday, 68. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Beautiful day here in the city of Pittsburgh, right? Sure is. Nice to be out. Sleeveless. It just feels really good. I don't know if I'm sleeveless. Well, I mean, it's, I think it's a day for sleeves, but no coat. I don't think you have to jump and like all of a sudden John's walking around in like, you know. Workout gear. Speedo in the parking lot. Like we're just not doing it. <laughs> I said sleeveless, just, not pantless. Just relax, okay. relax it for a minute. I mean, you know, it, you could go outside and be sleeveless. Could I just you not? think I think you might be a little chilly. It's only, I mean, the high today is 66, I think. All right, we're going to split hairs here. I mean, okay, that's fine. I'm just saying, it's a really pretty day out. That's it is all. a beautiful, beautiful Very day. Very pretty day, yeah. So um, how about the uh, the, the news uh, about President Trump's um, uh, involvement in uh, extracting himself from uh, controversy as uh, children in cages and border hysteria and all that? And... Um, what What's do you mean, the, extracting himself? Well, you know, he's saying, "Well, I'm done. I'm done with you, uh, with Kristen, Kristen Nielsen. Nielsen. Yeah, Kristen Nielsen. I'm Kirsten. done with you, and uh, I'm going to move forward to someone else." Now, now, uh, there's been a lot. Uh, President Trump's role in saying, "I'm done with you," and now the rest of the world, uh, I'll say, the rest of the, the liberal mainstream media is mm-hmm. also saying, "We're done with you as well, and we're going to be so far done with you that you are person on grata forever and ever and ever." And because you've put children in cages, supposedly, we're going to ruin your life. And that's where we are right now in America, where you have served your country, you're moving on, and you have uh, sort of been called out as being a hater and someone who's deeply divisive, who has harmed not only children, but also uh, the nation as well. 
So you're talking about a specific person's opinion in a specific publication. Uh, yes. There's a, an article in uh, today's Times. Michelle Goldberg is the uh, opinion columnist. Cancel Kirsten, Kirsten Nielsen. Her role in terrorizing children should make her a permanent pariah is the headline. A permanent pariah. Okay. T- tell us how this article begins. Right. On Sunday evening, news broke that Kirsten Nielsen was leaving her job as head of the Department of Homeland Security. The New York Times reporter Maggie Helberman tweeted that according to people close to Nielsen, one reason she hung on as long as she did was because, quote, she was aware how awful life would or will be for her on the outside, given her role in defending Donald Trump's policies. Let's make it so. Nielsen did not create Trump's monstrous policy of separating migrant families, but she should be known forever as the person who carried it out. She put babies in cages, traumatized children for life, and then appears to have lied to Congress about what she had done. She did this evil work with either blithe incompetence or malicious sloppiness, failing to create a system to properly track kids who were ripped from their families. On Friday, the Trump administration said it could take up to two years to identify thousands of separated migrant children. And the article goes on. Now, this is a a worthy read. Mm -hmm. But I think the larger question is, why are we so beating on people as to minimize their very essence as human beings? And calling them a pariah forever. Yes. So there's no room for change mercy reasonable discourse of the truth or at least the perception of truth because what this article was presupposing is that children were ripped from their this is the this is the narrative you hear children were ripped from their parents arms and put in cages there's been a lot of commentary obviously on this issue over the last 6 months I think the clearest description that I heard was just a regular old Joe who was commenting on this New York Times article. And he or she said something really simple. Do you have that comment? I do. Not yet. Okay. All right. So uh, can I just do my, uh, my editorial retelling of the comment? This is what the commenter said, that there are parents that are separated from their children every single day that no one makes a big deal about. And that happens every single time an adult who is a parent is put in prison. In the criminal justice system, you do the crime, then you have to go to jail. Now, as a person comes into the country illegally, which I would call a crime, illegal entry into the country, well, then there are consequences. Right. Your child is taken away as you bring that child in. Now, it's a matter of uh, opinion or conjecture if the child herself himself was ripped from the parents arms, put in cages. I don't think so. But clearly there was separation. Am I advocating this? Am I pro ripping children from their parents arms? Of course not. No reasonable person would even Mm. attempt to say that is a right and good thing. But I think we both agree that it has been politicized to a point where it has become emotion, 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 right. and we're becoming slightly divorced from the truth of it. Now, if we want to be emotional, 
about par- children and parents being separated, which I think is a pretty good thing to be emotional about. Of course. Then we could be emotional every single day when adults enter prison because they're separated from their children. This happens all the time. It's not like what happens at the border is different than what happens at the Allegheny County Jail. It happens five minutes from here right. every single day. This is what separation is. I don't know how many years we have worked with Angel Tree. We did that. We did an Angel Tree campaign for at least eight years. And we heard one person after another come and tell their story about being incarcerated, being separated from their children and their spouse, and Angel Tree stepping in and providing Christmas gifts for them, and then trying to affect a relationship change between the incarcerated parent and the kid. Look, this is an absolute crisis in America. It's been a crisis in America for 80 or 90 years. Now we're just talking about it in relation to immigration. I think that we need to focus on a bigger issue of parents and children being separated and not focusing just on what's going on in immigration. Look, this is something that the church can be a part of. This is a way that we can step in. This is why we were, we've been so committed to Angel Tree over the years. But I also think there's a larger question about this particular piece, which is, who's this writer? What's her name? Michelle Goldberg. Why is it her right to decide who's going to be a permanent pariah? Well, in society, so what? Th- that's the larger question now, right? So it wouldn't matter, right? Your 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 outrage page, right? Right, exactly. That right. there are people now that we have decided are not worth saving. Whether it's New York Times columnists or people who are involved in the Twitter sphere or YouTube celebrities or whatnot, now we have become sort of the public debacle of. Um, Shaming people in virtual stocks, right? We, we put them in stocks, uh, like, like they've been in, you know, colonial America, and they shall stay there until such time as we deem it appropriate that they, they disappear. That people's lives are now being ruined for said acts. That there is this shame machine on full bore, and if someone disagrees with you who has some media presence, then you can be put into a corner and forced to stay there. Forever, if that's the case. And all of us can put our moral disdain on that person. Right. Whoever it is. Because, and feel good about it. Because that person is wrong and that person is evil and we are better than that. And so by us pointing to that person, we're showing our own righteousness. Right. right? Because we recognize how very terrible they are. Ben Shapiro wrote a piece, National Review, the beginning of February, called A World Without Forgiveness. And in this article, he says that the increased secularization of America is showing us that the more we become divorced from the idea that there's a God and that we're people and that we need forgiveness from that God because we screw up, the more we are unable to recognize and extend forgiveness to each other. Hmm. That the secularization of America has an unintended consequence, and that is that the more we become separated from a God who forgives, the less we become people who are able or eager or even have a capacity to forgive. Now, I don't know if Kirsten Nielsen needs forgiveness because of these actions. I don't know either, but I'm saying that because she's human, she She needs forgiveness. Of course she does. We all do. And, And whoever Michelle Goldberg is. Yes. Her obligation as a human who also is faulty is to understand forgiveness. But there is none of it to be had in the secular media right now. I mean, or if there is some, it is real hard to find. Well, look, if 
people are perpetrating heinous crimes against children, of course they should be held accountable for those crimes. Being held accountable and being a permanent pariah are two different things. But is that the truth? Are these were heinous crimes perpetrated against? That's a whole other story. It is a whole other story. Right? But of course, in the pages of a liberal media, the New York Times, there's been a trial and a conviction, and now, even further, someone's life is being squashed and minimized to ruination. Right. So Kirsten Nielsen, now her life is over. It should be over. She should not be able to work. She, or not, she, have... she should not go to a public restaurant because she'll be shouted down there. Mm-hmm. She'll be made sport of, and you'll be a hero if you make sport of her. What have we become? Well, it's not what we've become because we've always been this way. Now we just have a platform where we are able to engage in group bullying to an extreme and feel good about ourselves in the name of self-righteousness that we are better than those around us. I believe that's where we are. And I think it's only going to get worse that we've camped ourselves into these little tiny slivers of I'm right, you're wrong and ruination upon you. It's insane. It's really dangerous. It's a sickness. And as we look, I mean, my wife last night was like, really, we're doing, we're headed now into the 2020 election and we've already, the wheels have already fallen off. Already. No, I, no, I can't. It's really terrific. (laughs) God help us all. Coming up next, we're going to talk about transgenderism. Uh, Madeline Kearns is a William F. Buckley fellow in political journalism at the National Review Institute. She's also got a cool accent because she's from Glasgow. She'll be with us next. We'll talk about trans children. Is this an experimentation on our part? 101.5 WORD. When the Apostle Paul prayed, he prayed with boldness and with a passion for God's kingdom. Wednesday on Truth For Life in a special interview program, Alistair Begg explains that we too can pray bold, passionate prayers. Listen Wednesday to a unique edition of Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that's bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure you have a retirement that's tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle those too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. So call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how, for 25 years, the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Give them a call, 724-884-1496, or find them online, marleyfg.com. First Mortgages, Impact Mortgage Group, DBA Cash Call Mortgage, 19500 Jamboree Road, Irvine, California, 92612, NMLS 128231. Equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Okay, here's the deal. You're a freelancer, a hired hand, a self-made, self-owned business of one. Whether you're a contractor, creative director, or consultant, you're the boss. And that makes things easy. Unless, of course, you're trying to get a mortgage. When it comes to qualifying for a cash-out refi, Gig economy workers come with more obstacles, more complexities, and more stress, right? Wrong. 
Dial 800-815-0745. And one of our cash-out mortgage specialists will help you qualify for the lowest interest loan possible, regardless of your source of income. It's the easiest call you'll make all day. Dial 800-815-0745. That's 800-815-0745. Make the cash call today. That's 800-815-0745. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. This Easter, celebrate the life of Christ as you break bread with family and friends and leave the cooking to Bistro to Go on the North Side with simply delicious gourmet creations sure to make your event memorable. Like brown sugar baked ham with pineapple sauce, maple glazed turkey with gravy, Bistro Pecan sweet potato casserole, whole chocolate mousse cake, and so much more for intimate gatherings to grand events. All reasonably priced for pickup and ready to serve. Order now at bistroandcompany.com. Madeline Cairns is with us, William F. Buckley Fellow in Political Journalism at the National Review Institute. Madeline, welcome in. Thank you very much. Madeline wrote a piece at the National Review called The Trans Child as Experimental Guinea Pig. Madeline, uh, we've crossed over into uncharted territory uh, here in America, and I'm maybe maybe not as much as uh, Europe has or around the world, but uh, t- trans... Uh, talk about that, about what is trans and how have we come to this moment where young girls, some girls as young as 13, 14 years old, have uh, have gone under double mastectomies and have identified now as boys and society as a, a rule is nodding their head and applauding this as something that's very brave and courageous to alter someone's sexuality. Yeah. Well, the short answer is bad philosophy. (laughs) So transgenderism is the theory that uh, it really has origins in about the mid 20th century when this idea of gender identity cropped up. And that's the idea that each of us has this inner sense of gender, which is distinct from our sex. And that changed uh, a lot throughout the 20th century. But by the 1990s, basically the idea was whether you're male or female or neither, depends on how you self-identify. And what we've seen recently in the last couple of decades is the application of this theory to children and the medicalization of it, which is of serious concern for the reasons that you that you just raised. So, Madeline, um, you know, I need to say this before we have this conversation each time because um, I have transgenderism in my own family, and so this is something that I have a lot of compassion for and, you know, try to speak honestly on in a way that also doesn't divorce, you know, truth from honesty. Um, But it's very, very hard um, when you've got someone that you love, either in your family or a friend um, who is in such a despairing psychological state um, you're because of your love for them, you're so eager for them to be well. Um, and so I, 
I think that that's where it starts. Can you talk about your understanding of those very beginning stages? Sure. So absolutely, this is a, a condition that requires a great deal of compassion. So for instance, the, the experience of gender dysphoria, which is a clinical condition, that is when someone feels acute distress with their sex. Um, and I think the, the difficulty with what's happening with children is that this is, this is really a philosophy that is being projected onto them. And we're being told that the compassionate way is to, to speak to children and uh, it's known as gender affirmation, so to affirm their sense of who they are, um, rather than to help them reconcile with their body, which research shows most kids would do with the right type of counselling, with the watchful waiting that has been tried and tested for decades. But I think you raise a really important point, which is I, I think a lot of parents out there, a lot of teachers, they want to do the right thing by these children. They really do. And they're looking out for the right guidelines, for help from the medical profession. And they're simply not getting accurate information, which is really, really worrying. Right. Okay. So in the United States, you can essentially walk into a, a clinic and, and go through this process. There is very little oversight here. Now, Europe is a little bit different. Can you talk about those two different spheres? Yeah, absolutely. So actually, in the Times of London yesterday, there was a news story about gen- the Britain's largest gender youth clinic, um, which sees uh, just over a couple of thousand children, uh, or saw a couple of thousand children last year. And five doctors, the Times reports, have just resigned, um, uh, feeling that the treatment there is unethical. Now, I should mention that the treatment in the UK is actually less aggressive than it is in the United States. They don't prescribe cross-sex hormones until uh, for, for under 16. And yet still those doctors felt that what was happening was not evidence-based, that there, it wasn't safe that we don't know what's going to happen to the kids, how they're going to feel about themselves in a few years. In the United States, there's an NIH taxpayer-funded study going on just now in which children um, as young as eight are going directly on to cross-sex hormones. And that's partly because the healthcare system in the United States is uh, it's deregulated, it's decentralised, and so it really is it's quite easy for it to become out of control, which is what has happened. As you mentioned earlier, girls as young as 13 have had double mastectomies and organisations like Planned Parenthood. You really just have to go up, go into the doctor's office uh, and say, you know, I'm transgender. I would like to start uh, hormone therapy. And I just I don't know about you, but I can't think of any other um, a medical condition where the patient, let alone a child patient, is the one who diagnoses and and prescribes their own treatment. Wait, no, wait, wait. So, Madeline, are you saying that a child could walk into Planned Parenthood, someone 13 years old, and say this and then receive medicine, some sort of treatment to start to transition? So I, I, I don't know if that is applicable to, uh, to under 18s. That's certainly their... That's certainly their pr- protocol for uh, over 18s. I think under 18s uh, do require parental uh, consent, okay. and the process is a bit different, but it's ambiguous from their website. I see. So, but someone 18 could go into Planned Parenthood and receive what I thought Planned Parenthood was about health care, not about uh, changing your gender. 
Right. Well, this is this is what's happening. In fact, I recently spoke to a, a young woman, uh, a little bit younger than me, who, who did this when she was 18 years old. She went in. She didn't even need a referral from a therapist. She just said, hey, I'm transgender. I'd like to start on testosterone. And uh, they gave it to her straight away. And she then really regrets this decision because her voice is permanently lowered. And it had a number of really adverse uh, symptoms for her. She she became more aggressive. Um, it had a really uh, disruptive effect on her relationships with her family. And, and she was saying to me, you know, I had glaringly obvious underlying reasons for why I wasn't comfortable with my body. And I really wish that I had had a chance to explore those before going straight on to this uh, life-altering treatment. I see. Madeline Cairns is with us. She's written a piece in the National Review called The Trans Child as Experimental Guinea Pig. Madeline, what's happened to us as a culture where someone who was trans, you know, 20 years ago was very rare. Now it's celebrated as something that's mainstream. And again, I'll say, you know, you know you're looked at as courageous. Uh, to me, in many ways, I, I, I feel bad for people, young men or young women who are in this transitional phase, whether it's some form of mental illness or sexual confusion or whatnot, but it has become a moment of triumph. We are lifting people up as they mutilate themselves. Yeah, I mean, how we got here baffles me as much as I think it probably does you. Um, I, I think it's just, it's it, we live in a sort of political, cultural moment where one's uh, struggle uh, and, and one's being a sort of victim of oppression is a great way, it's kind of street cred. And I think um, the appeal of transgender theory to young people and certainly to the young people I've interviewed and I've spoken to seems to be that it offers a sort of meaning of life explanation for all sorts of things they've been struggling with. And, uh, and and not just like the explanation for why they feel at odds with their body or confused or uncomfortable, but it also seems to offer this solution. Um, and there's a, there's a sense of euphoria, I think, that comes with that in the early stages, you know, when you go into school and you're a boy and uh, you, you've, you've changed and, and you're, you're kind of celebrated for that. I think it's a really euphoric moment. But, of course, it doesn't last and uh, there is regret and there is serious consequences, things like sterility, sexual dysfunction, things you're not really thinking about as a teenager but that you certainly will be thinking about later on in your life. Yes. So then when you look at us, society, in 20 or 30 years, what have we wrought? Because there will be untold thousands of children who are now adults and can't go back. Well, yeah, and we don't know what, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Madeline, but we don't know what a lot of these drugs are going to do to a person who starts taking them when they're eight, right, by the time they're 28. That's absolutely correct. These are not FDA approved for these purposes. They have not, we have not had safety tests. Uh, we, We know certain things like, um, the, the, the very, so, for example, Lupron, it can cause um, uh, problems with bone density in, in women. It was, it was originally used for women. Um, and now we're, now we're using it to, for children. And, and we, haven't, we don't have the research. This is experimental treatment of the, of the highest nature. So 
help me understand though the the I I get how cultures have conversations about things and how things kind of evolve. I understand that there are many people in Western culture who are kind of you know grasping upon this idea of uh, gender dysphoria and seeing it as a solution for a lot of pro- or an explanation perhaps of a lot of the problems that they're having. I get that, but tell me about the scientific community. I mean, this you know the the medical community. You know, it has to be evidence-based, right? So it's not like they can be influenced by societal currents. Yeah, well, that that is what we would hope, I, I know. But the field of psychology is, I think, uniquely um, vulnerable to politicization. And I think it always has been. Um, and what's really happened over the last uh, 50, 60 years is we've just seen huge amount of political pressure put on psychological uh, associations, psychiatric associations, uh, pediatric, pediatric associations. And the, the politics of medicine, um, it, it, it is a thing. It does, uh, it, these, these uh, official bodies have very small representatives. And what we're seeing right now is huge amounts of pressure put on them by lobby groups and we're seeing effectively rubber stamping. And if you if you don't believe if you don't believe me, because it does sound kind of um, like a conspiracy, but it's all out in the open. And as a as a feminist, I recently pointed out to me, you know, some of these um, some of these uh, organisations are sponsored by drug companies who have a vested hmm, financial interest, right? Because these well. people are so, going to be on these drugs for life, right? Exactly. So I mean. We, we forget that doctors and the medical profession, they're human beings, and human beings are swayed by politics, especially in a field like psych- psychology, where it is a little more subjective. It is a little more um, difficult and a little more gray. Oh. And so it, that's how these things happen. Okay, but so let's go, let's leave the field of psychology and psychiatry. What about endocrinology or what about pediatrics or, you know, th- there have to be disciplines that still are evidence-based and, you know, endocrinologists saying, wait a minute, there ha- what are we doing? Yeah, so, I mean, they, they're all sort of interdisciplinary now. So if you look at, for example, the 2016 uh, guidelines put out by the American Academy of Pediatrics, that was uh, put out in, in conjunction with a couple of non-medical um, associations, one of which was the Human Rights Campaign, which is a, a gay and transgender lobby group. And in fact, the guidelines were, were lead authors by Gabe Murchison, who, um, who is transgender and is a transgender activist. And, and um, Murchison doesn't actually have any medical training whatsoever. Now, wait a minute. He's, I, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that this man authored a medical guideline for the American Academy of Pediatrics and he's not a physician? Yeah, this trans man. Um, yeah, that is correct. And um, uh, th- th- we're 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 seeing the influence of, of these kind of groups in a number of different places. Now, it would be it'd be wrong to think that just because we've ha- we've got these sort of guidelines and policy statements that this represents a consensus because it doesn't. In fact, I've had a lot of doctors write to me. I've spoken to them on the phone. Uh, AAP members, for instance, who are saying, I am horrified at the direction in which we are going, which is not evidence-based. Um, and, and yet they are very fearful to, to say that publicly because they don't want the sort of attack and um, 
smears, you know, transphobia, that sort of thing, that often come with taking a stand on this issue. Right. And and I'm sure that uh, reputations and careers have been ruined for those who dare speak out. Absolutely. In fact, uh, Kenneth Zucker, who um, uh, is is probably the the leading expert in childhood gender dysphoria at the moment, uh, was fired from his clinic in Toronto after an activist campaign to get rid of him. And um, Dr. Zucker, I should mention, is actually open to transition treatments for children in very, very acute cases. He just maintains that congruence between gender identity and sex is the ideal outcome. And this was enough to have um, a malicious uh, show trial, essentially. Now, he has won a a lawsuit for unfair dismissal and libel, um, but a lot of people find that uh, without his sort of uh, years of experience and credentials, would find that very intimidating and would probably just prefer to be quiet on the issue. Yes. Madeline Cairns is with us. She wrote in the National Review an article, The Trans Child is Experimental Guinea Pig. So, Madeline, I'm sure just by the very nature that you and Kath and myself are having this conversation, we are in some ways transphobic. We are outliers probably dangerous to any number of people. Uh, I'm sure that there has been a kickback to, to even write this article. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had a death threat for writing this article. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely, it, it's uh, you know, it, it comes with a lot of backlash. Um, I, Having said that, I've also been really overwhelmed with the support I've had and sometimes, you know, support from unlikely places. So um, there's a couple of transsexuals I'm in contact with in the UK, these are adult transsexuals who have said, you know, I completely agree with you. This was a really difficult choice for me, and it's certainly not something I think should be an option option for children, and we shouldn't be medicalizing uh, uh, children's gender confusion in this way. And so I think as much as there is this backlash, that doesn't represent what many people across the political spectrum are feeling about this issue, which is we need to return to evidence and we need to be cautious as well as compassionate. Well, Madeline, thank you for joining us today to talk about a really complicated issue. Madeline Cairns is with us. She has been with us. William F. Buckley Fellow in Political Journalism at the National Review Institute. We're here at creditrepair.com, the most recognized name in the industry when it comes to resolving credit report issues and getting that credit score up. With me, I got Aaron. Aaron, what happens when people call creditrepair.com? A lot. Just one call gets any listener a free credit score, free credit report, and a free personalized credit evaluation right over the phone. In just a few minutes, you'll know exactly what's hurting your credit and get a personalized game plan to help restore it. And that can make a huge difference when it comes to getting those things that we want, like a new car, a new house or even a brand new job absolutely your credit score is one of the first things lenders look at and our proven process can help remove those unfair or inaccurate items like late payments and collections from your credit report in fact on average people who have used our service have seen significant improvement in their credit scores month after month what are you waiting for call creditrepair.com today call 800-851-5318 that's 800-851-5318 800-851-5318 it's where the Sahara meets the Nile and the Mediterranean Sea. Only here exist the perfect conditions for growing the finest cotton in the world. I'm John Hall. Nowhere else can you find cotton so luxuriously soft and light, yet super strong and able to hold deep, vibrant colors, wash after wash. 
It's this very cotton Mike Lindell has used to create my pillows, Giza Dreams bed sheets. Try them once, and you'll never want to sleep on anything else again. And right now, get a special 30% off my pillow dream sheets with free shipping. Use promo code WORD when you call 800 391 0954 or place your order at mypillow.com. 60 day money back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Call 800 391 0954 or visit mypillow.com and be sure to use promo code WORD for 30% off plus free shipping. Sweet dreams from my pillow. Blue Star medicated ointment gets five star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the blue star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. As we start 2019, we so much appreciate the support of one of our newest clients, Grove City College. So thanks to everyone at GCC. John and I and everyone here at The Ride Home are grateful for your partnership. Chilly or air settles in tonight. It'll be partly cloudy with a low of 38. Then tomorrow, it'll be a cooler day despite a good deal of sunshine, high 58. Then tomorrow night, we'll have variable clouds at a low of 42. Thursday, you'll see a mix of clouds and sun, and it'll warm up, 72 for the afternoon high. Friday, look for mainly cloudy skies with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. High Friday, 68. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. I don't know. Uh, look, that last conversation was extremely disturbing. But but I believe that there is this mania, this left hysteria. And, you know, I, I, I think that's what you have to call it, that we have run so far afield of common sense and wisdom in our country that we allow children to mutilate themselves and then hold them up as heroes. And then the community comes around that person and holds them up as something big and bright and noble. What has happened to us as a nation? This is child abuse, I believe, plain and simple. Now, of course, your heart breaks for children who are in depression and anxiety and fear. look, Look at all the latest reports that have come out in the last two days about the increase in the numbers of kids who are going to emergency rooms with suicidal thoughts. Right. It breaks your heart. So we have a crisis in America of hopelessness. We have a crisis that is fueled by social media. You think? Without a doubt. A hundred thousand percent that every child we know, your children, my children of a certain age is investing so much time online and they have fallen into echo chambers of their own particular choosing that it has become something that is 
embolden people now to look at their troubles and to find a solution in a surgical way to or, modify their body. Or a suicidal way to end it all. Yes. I this believe is, that's true. This is an absolute crisis. We want to hear from you. Uh, we're going to open up the phone lines at 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. Our question is specific to children, though. We want to know how you feel about transgender treatment for children. That would be children, it's people under the age of 18. I mean, Give us a call, 800-320-8255. So when I read about this, whether it's locally in the Post-Gazette, an article in February about a young girl or, Bethel Park. Yes. Or someone, you know, some unknown person across. I, I, I'm beside myself. And, you know, and it's not hate. I'm not hating on anyone here. I, I feel confused yeah. and lost and broken because I think something that so deeply has happened that is marring children. And whether it's 2% of the population or 3% or whatever, it's still thousands of children in this country who have undergone mutilation. Yeah. Now, let me say, as I said in the previous segment, that I have transgenderism in my own family. And I become impatient with people who react to this issue in a way that doesn't take into account the real palpable despair of people who are experiencing this. Yes. I mean, this is not something that that people take too lightly. This is something that is profoundly life-altering. And I mean the sense of disconnectedness, the sense of depression, the sense of hopelessness. And believe me when I tell you, if that person was in your family, you would want to find something to get them out of that mental place that they're in, of that course. psychological place of darkness. You want to find a way. Our question for today is, what if that person is under 18? Now, if that person's over 18, I think we have a totally different conversation about it. But if that person's under 18, what do we do? What do you think of transgenderism in children? Give us a call, 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phone lines. Molly, you're live with us today on Word FM. What are your thoughts, please? Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, I just have a thought I wanted to share I'm in the field of counseling myself, Thank you. and one of the things that we learn in our training is about the maturation of the brain, and we know that for young adults even, the brain doesn't fully mature till around the age of 25. So the parts of the brain that are able to say, maybe this is something I shouldn't do because the future consequences of this might be A, B, and C are just not even mature yet and not able to make that kind of a decision. Right. I think that's one of the reasons why I do not in any way, shape, or form advocate this for anyone under the age of 18. Right. We d right. Look, look, for any kid, it, I've I have two children of my own, but I've spent countless hours with, with other girls that are in organizations that my daughters have been in over the years. Listen. Being between the ages of 10 and 18 in America right now is a super confusing place. And there are so many things that go through your mind because there are so many things that you read about online, you hear about with a friend, you see in the hallways of your high school. And a lot of information goes in and out of kids' brains. That is all being analyzed and decisions are arrived on in brains that are not fully developed. Yeah. This is what you right. – I mean, and if we treat – an eight-year-old or a 13-year-old or a 17-year-old, like they are fully formed, we are doing them a disservice. And you know what the problem is? That means that we're not acting like the adults. 
Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. And that's why we are the adults. And we need to continue to play the role that God has given us as adults, being the more mature ones, taking the responsibility for stopping and putting in place safeguards for our children who are not mature enough to make decisions and even realize the full consequences of what those decisions will be in the future. That's a good phone call. We need to play, play our role as adults. Excellent, excellent phone call. Appreciate it, Molly. Thanks an awful lot. We're stepping away for a minute. Hey, join us, 800-320-8255. Transgenderism and children underage, is that a good thing? Come on, kids, we're late. Honey, the car won't start. Mom, the dog just sat on my science project. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork, or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases, with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day, with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at ramachristianschool.org. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. This Easter, celebrate the life of Christ as you break bread with family and friends and leave the cooking to Bistro to Go on the North Side with simply delicious gourmet creations sure to make your event memorable. Like brown sugar baked ham with pineapple sauce, maple glazed turkey with gravy, Bistro pecan sweet potato casserole, whole chocolate mousse cake, and so much more for intimate gatherings to great and events, all reasonably priced for pickup and ready to serve. Order now at bistroandcompany.com. We're talking about uh, transgenderism in children. Uh, it's a different conversation, I think, if we're talking about people who are over 18. But our specific question for today is about kids. Uh, 
kid comes and says, you know, they are experiencing gender dysphoria, um, how do we respond as friends, parents, culture, whatever? Give us a call, 800-320-8255. I mean, we're being told here in society, this is good, that, we're, you know, these are heroes, these are champions. You know, they're applauded. Young kids, 15, 16 years old, and the community comes around and goes, yeah, go Gosh, for it. I don't care what it is. I think we need to be so careful when we applaud kids. Um, we have to know what we're encouraging. I think we ha- look. We whether we want to or not, you have to be the adult in the room. Yep. Let's go to the phones and speak with Diana. Uh, sorry, hey Diane, you're with us on the air. What's your point on this? Hi. Well, I originally did have comments, but I think I I'd like to take this opportunity to ask you two a question. Um, like you said, you know, all of, all of this is in social media, on television. So much is just put in our face. Um. That that is acceptable. Where is where is this coming from in our nation? Hmm. Where is where the is advocacy this originating from? Yes. Well, I, I believe now again. Uh, hold the hate mail. But once we affirmed gay marriage in this country, that you know, uh, men marry men and women marry women. That that we sort of crossed over into a line here where sexuality, the melding of it, the uh, the. the the what the uh, unformation of it everything is good to go so but but we know but we know that all, all of these actions are sins and america is allowing and promoting and and acting like it's acceptable instead of giving these children a bible well listen or- well listen listen this is the country that promoted slavery for a hundred years. So it's not like this is the first time we've ever promoted sin. I mean, we're very well acquainted with promoting sinful things. Uh, this is not the first time it's happened. Sadly, it won't be the last. Such well, as it I'll is. I'll tell you, I, 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 you know, think in my mind of some particular TV shows, um, one in particular where uh, he's a boy and he's having the surgery to be a girl. And I actually dry heaved and had to shut it off when he was so delighted and wanted to see his new genitalia. Mm-hmm. Well, this is uh, this is the message that our culture is sending. And again, it is a different question if we're talking about someone who's over 18, right. someone who's an adult, who's fully formed, who's making their own decisions. But a counselor said they're not fully formed, right? We don't go into full formation until we're 25. So they're still, right? This is advocacy. This is, you know. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, Dana, you're with us on the air. you got a couple of minutes. Uh, what, what's your thoughts, please? Yes, yes. You know what, guys? I really do believe that we're missing the whole point. The whole crux of everything that we're talking about right now has to do with, does God make mistakes? And once you go down that slippery sliding board, oh, God made a mistake with my gender. God made a mistake with this, made a mistake with that. Then... We get into, well, what else has God made a mistake with? And it, and it, it's like a rabbit hole that you keep falling down and down and down and down. And I think that these kids are scared. They're terrified, but they're falling down these rabbit holes and don't know how to get out of them. Uh, but the crux is, the crux is, does God make mistakes? Well, yeah. look, I mean, you can say, I, you know, there's birth defects, right? I right. Mean, there's birth defects. Family. There's Look, there's cancer. There's uh, ALS. There's, uh, I mean, this is a this is a world that is impacted by sickness all over the place. So, I mean, it's not that, it's not that, I don't want us to get to a point where we're not going to acknowledge sickness around us because we think somehow that's going to feed into some theological misunderstanding that God made a mistake. 
I mean, looks, this is a fallen world. This is who we are. Right. We've got anxiety. We've got depression. We've got suicidal thoughts. We've got, we got uh, up. eating disorders. We've got gender dysphoria. We're sick people. We sure are. Okay, we need to step away for again, uh, just for a few minutes. 800-320-8255. we got a, a little smidge of time left. Stay with us. Creation Fest 2019 is coming. Join us with your family and friends for a weekend of worship like no other. Over 70 artists like Skillet, Tillsong Worship, Crowder, Elevation Worship, Carrie Joe, 10th Avenue North, and Mendisa. As well as over 15 speakers like Bob Legs, Reggie Dabbs, and David Nasser. Be a part of the creation worship experience set in the beautiful mountains of central Pennsylvania. Go to creationfest.com to find out more. That's creationfest.com. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at indeed.com slash hire. April's National Poetry Month. Ah, uh, yes. I admitted last year that I've always hated poems my whole life. I thought it was they were way too slow and boring, and I really didn't want to be bothered with them. Burdened by language. I know that's painful. Right. John told me that I was ridiculous. Uh, I was put upon last year by several preeminent uh, English professors from across the nation until I was guilted into saying, all right, all right, I'll read a poem every day for the month of April for National Poetry Month. How'd that and go? started like poetry of course you did yeah because you read it experience it oh, take it into be- your it's life it's really it's so beautiful the one i have to share today is so terrific mike can i have the uh, poetry music just so we get the theme uh, i deleted it oh fantastic it's yes. fine because okay. you don't need music well, to read poetry. okay no. all right we've had this argument right. over and over again um anyway the poem today is about moms okay yeah and uh it's great so here you go The other day, I was ricocheting slowly off the blue walls of this room, moving as if underwater from typewriter to piano, from bookshelf to an envelope lying on the floor, when I found myself in the L section of the dictionary, where my eyes fell upon the word lanyard. No cookie nibbled by a French novelist could send one into the past more suddenly, a past where... I sat at a workbench at a camp by a deep Adirondack lake, learning how to braid long, thin plastic strips into a lanyard, a gift for my mother. I'd never seen anyone use a lanyard or wear one if that's what you did with them, but that did not keep me from crossing strand over strand again and again until I had made a boxy red and white lanyard for my mother. She gave me life and milk from her breasts, and I gave her a lanyard. She nursed me in many a sick room, lifted spoons of medicine to my lips, laid cold face cloths on my forehead, and then led me out into the air light and taught me to walk and swim. And I, in turn, presented her with a lanyard. 
Here are thousands of meals, she said, and here is clothing and a good education. And here is your lanyard, I replied, which I made with a little help from a counselor. Here is a breathing body and a beating heart, strong legs, bones, and teeth, and two clear eyes to read the world, she whispered. And here, I said, is the lanyard I made at camp. And here, I wish to say to her now, is a smaller gift, not the worn truth that you can never repay your mother. But the rueful admission that when she took the two-toned lanyard from my hand, I was as sure as a girl could be that this useless, worthless thing I wove out of boredom would be enough to make us even. That's beautiful. What it's called? That's The Lanyard by Billy Collins. The Lanyard. <laughs> it's not a good way to end the day. <laughs> Can never thank our moms enough. You got that right. Thanks, Nanny. Hey, thank you for being with us today. Uh, the podcast is up and running on iTunes or johnandkathyshow.com. Have yourself a lovely evening. Get out there and enjoy the day. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.